Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All righty, let's do it, y'all. First Corinthians chapter one, we start a brand new book of the Bible today. Uh, I don't even know how many we've done this year um, since we're a little over halfway through the year, hopefully better than half. Because <laughs> uh, we are, we have a goal of reading through the New Testament in a year, and we are on target with our with our uh, reading plan. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, but today brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's August the 2nd. Dog days of summer. I know here in Tampa, what, kids have like maybe a week, week and a half left of summer. And then back to school. Yeah, so... Um, but first Corinthians, uh, so a little bit about Corinthians, uh, Paul had, uh, several different, um, he had a history with Corinth, uh, the church in Corinth beginning in AD 50. Uh, he wrote several letters to them. In fact, first Corinthians refers to a previous letter. When we get over to chapter five, first Corinthians there, he's going to refer to a previous letter, which, uh, indicates Obviously, there was a letter that Paul wrote prior to first what we have in the Bible as First Corinthians. So there was an ongoing correspondence that occurred with uh, the Corinthian church. <clears throat> and um, uh, two of those letters, two of those pieces of correspondence, uh, God uh, uh, desired to be in the Bible, First and Second Corinthians. Um but uh, Corinth was a was a man. It was a hotbed of mess right there. <laughs> Not so unlike, you know, American culture. Actually, uh, Corinth would probably make most Americans blush. To be honest with you, um, it was a uh, it was quite the perverse uh, town. Um, it had a reputation of uh, just partying and wild living and idol worship and uh, just sexual uh, promiscuity. I mean, that's, was, that was Corinth. And in the midst of Corinth, uh, which uh, probably the, the most noted um, institution in Corinth was the Temple of Aphrodite. Uh, and at the Temple of the Goddess of Fertility or Sex, uh, in his... And at the time of Paul's writing, the time of the New Testament, there were over a thousand. There were over a thousand temple prostitutes and priestesses in the service of Aphrodite. So, um, yeah. So it was it was a uh, it was quite the place. It was like Vegas, New York, L.A. All in, yeah, times 10. <laughs> and um, and Paul, and there's a, but there's a church there. There's the body of Christ is there. People of God there. Uh, and you can imagine a group of people who were uh, immersed in that culture, coming to faith in Jesus. You can imagine um, the, um, 
the the uh, what the things they had to work through. They had to work through. What does it mean to be a Christian? I, I've been raised around this my whole life. What does that mean to be a Christian? Now, how, how do I live now that uh, Christ is my Lord and I'm part of the body of Christ? Um, so, yeah, so it was a it was a mammoth discipleship undertaking. <laughs> Not so unlike many of us. Right. I mean, we all come from, you know, places far from God. And uh, but Corinth certainly was one of those that um, was a challenge for the Paul, for the Apostle Paul, which is likely why he spent so much time writing to them and correcting false teaching and encouraging them and correcting and um, and, and trying to pastor them um, down the right path. So, all right. With that being said, let's dive into this. Let's dive into this. First Corinthians chapter one. Welcome, everybody. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So we're going to pray right now. Are we going to read right now? First Corinthians one, one, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Um, all right. Paul steps up right, right away. His, uh, his role in the church as an apostle uh, by the will of God. This is what God desired. And Sosthenes is with him. Um, there's a reference in, I think, the book of Acts to Sosthenes, who was in charge of the synagogue in Corinth. So it could be the same guy. Um, and Sosthenes, in that uh, account, was um, uh, he took up for Paul. And so maybe that's, maybe that's who it is. Um, verse 2, to the church of God in Corinth. Okay, you see the contrast there. You got the church of God, God's church in Corinth. You got God's people, holy people in the pit, <laughs> in the armpit of sin and debauchery. But God's church is there. And you'll find that, man, all over the world. God's church is present in the darkest of places. So the, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, set apart, made holy, in Christ Jesus, and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So Paul's saying, I'm writing this to those in Corinth, but I'm beyond that. Uh, I'm greeting that's, I'm greeting everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace, verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse four, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful for you because of what Christ has done in your life. For in him you have been you have been enriched in every way. Now remember, Corinth was a very wealthy town as well. They were they were they were they were materially wealthy. They were popular. They were it was a go-to place in Paul's day. There was also something called um kind of relevant uh, since we're in a Olympic uh, season right now. Uh, there was what was called the Isthmian game games, the Isthmian games. Um, and they were second only to the Olympic games in terms of popularity. So sports was huge. Olymp you know, uh, competition, entertainment. So it was a booming town. They had lots of riches. Uh, so 
for in him, in Christ, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Now, he's going to talk a lot about spiritual gifts later on in chapter 12 through like 14. And they're all desiring spiritual gifts. And Paul here lays out the beginning. You don't lack any spiritual gifts. You have what you need. God has poured uh, out on the church an abundance of gifts. That's true, man. He's poured out in your life gifts. You have, you have all you need. I have all I need. The church has all it needs. Um, therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gifts. Verse 8, he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. Verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. I mean, church unity is a constant theme throughout the New Testament writings of Paul. Be And for that matter, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus prayed, Lord, make them one as we are one. Um, because it's uh, it takes prayer. It takes intentionality. It takes... Um, Mercy and kindness and grace and forgiveness and understanding and patience to make community work, right? We spent a whole bunch of time over the summer this this year at Bayside through the sermon series, One Another, and uh, talking about all the one anothering that the New Testament implores us to do. Praying for one another, comfort, love, um, admonish, lift up, all these one another's. It takes work. Take some patience. And so division is always a real, real threat to the body of Christ. And the enemy knows that, right? The enemy tries to divide the body of Christ. Um, Let there not be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Verse 11, my brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Imagine that. People in the church not getting along. That never happens. <laughs> I I heard I heard there was a little quarrel going on. There were quarrels among you, not squirrels, quarrels. Um, there were some some quarrels among you. Um, verse twelve. What I mean is this. This is what he means. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Another says, I follow Cephas or Peter. And still another says, I follow Christ. So you got all these different groups like, I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm of the, I'm of Paul's group. I follow what Paul taught. I, not me. I follow what Apollos taught. I follow what Peter taught because, uh, you know, he walked with Jesus. I, I'm with Peter. And like, I'm not, I don't, I don't follow any man. I just follow Jesus. You got all these groups, right? All these groups divided. Verse 14, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except 
Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. <laughs> but he's like, that's not my point. <laughs> I have baptized a few people, but that's not my point. My point is, we don't. We all belong to Christ. <laughs> For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Uh, there was um, scholars believe that. Um, perhaps the Corinthians were uh, criticizing Paul for his uh, uh, his lack of uh, preaching ability. Uh, that that Apollos, by contrast, was a much better preacher, more more charismatic, more um, just more eloquent. And so, uh, you know, how can we? I don't want to follow a guy like Paul. He, you know, he bald headed. He can't preach. <laughs> I want to follow Apollos. He was the eloquent one. He's the one who can preach. He's the one that, you know, can get us all ramped up. And Paul's like, look, I, he didn't send me. He sent me to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross be emptied of its power. Paul's going to say uh, the, the, the cross of Christ doesn't get its power from eloquent speech. I love this. Verse 18 is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I did a. I did a, 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 a long thesis paper in seminary on 1 Corinthians chapter 18, or verse 18. Chapter, first of all, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. This verse right here, I love it. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Yeah. The message of the cross is what? Folly. Doesn't make sense. Talk about preaching Jesus, this man, this, how does someone who lived in the first century, who died on a Roman cross, how does that affect my life? How does that provide salvation for someone living today? Much less uh, back then, but much less today. How does that make any sense? It's folly. It's foolishness. The message of the cross, he doesn't even say, like, he doesn't even plan. He doesn't even say, it kind of sounds a little silly. No, it's foolishness. It's foolishness. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. That's why it's a miracle, man, every time anybody comes to Jesus. It's a miracle. The fact that people are still coming to Jesus by the hundreds of thousands is living testimony that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. One by one by one by one. On and on. Yes. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. God's saying, I, 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 Paul's saying, God used the cross on purpose. Verse 20, where is the wise person? The sage. Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? Woo! That's why you just got to preach the message of the cross, man. 
of all the things to preach, sometimes I think we forget to preach the message of the cross. What's the power of the gospel? Not my opinions, not my not my uh, my soapboxes. What's what's the power of the what's where's the power of God at? It's in the message of the cross. Yes. When we preach the message of the cross, that's where the power of God that leads to salvation resides. And so we're like, I don't. Yeah, let's not talk about the cross. Let's talk about. No, that's where the power of God is. And we realize the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Yes. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. They couldn't find God. We could not find God on our own. We couldn't discover him. Not in his fullness. We got glimpses and brushes of the divine, but we never could encounter fully the Christ and or in God in all of his glory. But the cross has made that known to us. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. I love that. God was pleased. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was pleased to use something that the world despised. He was pleased to use something that was foolish to the world to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs. So in, in Paul is saying Jews, they want, they want the Messiah to prove himself. Give me a miraculous sign to prove that you're the Messiah. And Greeks look for wisdom. Greeks loved wisdom, man. They loved philosophical thought and and uh and, and debate. And uh so Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. <laughs> what do we preach? We preach Christ crucified. That's what we preach. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Hmm. But we preach Christ crucified. <laughs> to both Jews and Greeks, it's Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You want power? Preach Christ. You want wisdom? Preach Christ. Is it foolish? Yep. But God was pleased to choose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Verse 26, brothers and sisters, I think of what you were when you were called. Oh, man, think back. Look, guys, we, you got to think back now. Think back. Think back where you were. Each one of us, think back where you were when Christ called you. You weren't all that. You were a hot mess. Be honest. <laughs> where were you when God, I can tell you, I was a hot mess. Think back to what you were when God called you. He didn't call you because you were wise. He didn't call you because you were going to impress the world. He called you because it was foolish. Think of you. Think of where you were when you called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were you of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Do you, do you hear what he just said? Do you hear what he just said? Just like God chose the cross to save the world, which to the world is foolishness, he used it to shame the wise. God chose you because just in the same way, you were not all that, but God chose you and saved you. He chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. 
Thanks be to God. You, you, you are a living testimony to the power of God and the transforming power of the cross. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God's not looking for strong people. He's not looking for just strong people. No, he's looking for the weak, the broken. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why? So that, whoa, hold on, hold on. This is so hot right here. It's going to burst into flames. You ready? Why did God choose the cross? Why did he choose you? Why does he choose the weak things of the world? Why? So that no one can boast in his presence. No one getting the glory in this show but Jesus. <laughs> it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. God, God did it. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom of God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It is Christ first and last. It is Christ all the way through. He's our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let no one, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Glory to God. Man, that's awesome. That, gets, that, that woke me up, man. That woke me up. I started off a little sleepy this morning, I ain't gonna lie. Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. What do you say? But we preach Christ crucified. Verse 23, a stumbling block to Jews, a foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, all people, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Woo! Love it. Love it. All right, you guys, thanks for joining us today as we uh, read the word of God. You know, we do, we read, we pray. So, hey, let's pray and let's go and change the world today. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the gospel, the message of the cross. That is foolishness. It doesn't always make sense, but we have, we are living testimonies of its power. We have been saved by it and we see it saving people on the daily. So God help us to never be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. Lord, um, thank you for showing us who you are, your heart and your power and your grace through the cross. Um, Lord, that through the cross, you remind us that you can save to the uttermost. You can save the lowest of the low. Not many of us were much when you called us. <laughs> Be honest with you. Not many of us are a whole lot now, <laughs> but we were a whole lot less then. And you reached down and you grabbed us and you changed us and you, you made something out of us. You showed us love and grace and compassion and a life we could have never dreamed on our own. So, Lord, we thank you. We are filled with gratitude for your love and mercy and that we encountered the cross and the saving power of Jesus. Lord, help us to go out today and spread that love and grace to others. Help us to be filled with kindness and compassion and grace and truth. Help us to wear, the, to wear the robes of righteousness well today as we speak and admonish and encourage others um, with all grace and truth. 
Lord, thank you for my friends. I pray that you would bless them and encourage them, whatever they have need of today, whatever their day or week holds, may you give them strength and power and grace for each and every um, encounter and meeting decision that they have this week. Bless them real good. I ask in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, Daily Prayer. We're going to be jumping right back into 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tomorrow. So hope you'll join us there. We will see you then. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.